ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Natasha Sattler. She is a producer in the broadcast commercial TV industry that found herself with a lot of free time when COVID-19 hit. After countless Zoom happy hours with friends, she came to the conclusion that there are a lot of gaps in knowledge for the average 20 to 30-something year old. We learned a lot in school, but not really useful information like handling a savings account, 401ks, taxes, managing your mental health and well-being, navigating life in a modern digital world. And in an attempt to tackle these issues, she sat down and wrote a book and she completed it in just six weeks. So 98 chapters later on all the topics she wished were covered in school, here is Natasha's book, which is called Shit Adults Never Taught Us. (laughs) I love the title. Everybody, please welcome Natasha. Thank you. Hi, it's good to be here. Yeah, Shit Adults Never Taught Us. It's a catchy title. It was never intended to be the title, but... It was my working title and I couldn't think of anything better. You know what? It is a perfect title. So Natasha found me on Instagram and she kind of like said, I want to be on your podcast. And I was like, okay, what do you, what's your story? And then she sent me an advanced copy of her book. And I have to tell you, Natasha, I read a couple of sections of it and I was like, this is the book I wanted to write in 2008. So you you know how you found a lot of free time because of COVID. In 2008, I lost my job because of the financial crash. And all these things, all these topics that you talk about in your book were things that I'm like, no one taught me this stuff. You know, no one like prepared me for the time that the market would crash and I would lose my job and have to apply for unemployment. And, you know, I ended up getting like, audited by the IRS. And it was just like this whole entire and I'm like, I'm 28 years old, and I don't know any of this stuff. And it's, it's funny, because all the things you wrote in your book are definitely things that were never taught in school, nor do I think adults even talk to their children about it's like when you graduate from high school, no one's telling you about credit cards or debt or 401ks, like you said in your bio, no one tells you these things and you just stumble your way through as an adult. And then they wonder why a lot of us are like knee deep in credit card debt or student loan debt or still living with our parents at 30 years old or not living, you know, the life that we should be living, right? It's so true. And honestly, I think teachers think parents are doing it and parents think teachers are doing it. And then all this knowledge just slips through the cracks. And in one of the first chapters of the book, I mention when, you know, the generation above us got a job, they got a job probably out of college, stayed in it for decades, and they didn't have the same financial worries when the crash hit because they were more established, they were probably established in a career that you know they could fluctuate with or they had savings at that point, but for a lot of the younger generation like when the crash hit, I was in college and I left college. I left college in 2010, so at the very bottom of the market when everybody was basically very cheap to hire. Mm-hmm. And so then when you get a promotion, you're getting a promotion or you're taking a raise or whatever it is on top of starting below where the generation before started. And our generation, 
went through a recession and now a pandemic within just over a decade. Mm-hmm. And if we're expected to make the same career jumps as everyone before us, it's going to be really a hurdle to get there because we have all these obstacles nobody's dealt with before. Yeah, absolutely. I think our education system needs to, a complete overhaul simply because like you said, you know, when schools were made, they were made for people to learn how to read and write so they could work in the factories. Um, But there are no more factories. You know, like you said, we don't get a job and work there for decades and wait till retirement and have this huge retirement party. And now we're just retired and living in Florida. That's not the (laughs) dream anymore, you know? And, and that's where, what happened to me where it was like, you know, I just got laid off. I'm 28. I have a college degree. And, and like you said earlier, nobody was hiring. It was at the, you know, the height of like everything crashing. And when I was applying for jobs, they were giving me a job, $20,000 less than I was making at my previous job. And, you know, you're kind of like, well, then I should just stay on unemployment. And (laughs) which I know a lot of people are doing right now because of the pandemic. They're like, well, why should I go back to my minimum wage job when I'm getting way more money on, you know, um, the stimulus, the the stimulus checks. And that's the thing is this just happened. The recession happened and people are like, I'm making more on unemployment or I don't want to take a pay cut. And then there were a million people who would take that job for $20,000 less. So you have to figure out, is it worth it not to have a job? And then for some reason over the decade that we had to rebuild, we didn't learn from the mistakes that we made during that recession. And now once again, people would rather stay on unemployment. People are fighting for the jobs of $20,000 less. And unfortunately, the lessons didn't get learned. I always wonder like, why did I spend so many years learning algebra and pre-calculus and not 401ks <laughs> or taxes yeah. or savings asking for a raise? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like compound interest. I love this sentence that you put in here. You're like, I know a hundred dollars a month sounds a lot when you're only making $2,300 a month. And I think of this as a happiness tax. You're paying for it now, like you would any other tax but much like a refund at the end of the year, you'll receive back future happiness and financial security. I mean, I love that because you're teaching these people like, you know, it sounds like a lot of money. And trust me, when I was unemployed and I started making money again, my sister was like, because when I got laid off, I had a hundred dollars in my savings account. And now they gave me my final paycheck and I'm like, holy shit, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to pay my car payment? How am I going to pay my internet, my cell phone, all these things. And I only have a hundred dollars in my savings account because I just continued living paycheck to paycheck, thinking and hoping that this job would be here forever. You know, um, don't we, we planned (laughs) that the job is going to be there forever. We think we're going to get this job. And when we are ready, we will leave, we will move on. We forget that it it may not be up to us and life is going to happen. Life is going to happen. But if you have a savings account where, yeah, every paycheck, you put a hundred dollars, you put $200 in Then when your car breaks down, when you have a medical emergency, when something horrible and unexpected happens, it's not catastrophic. It doesn't derail your life. It's not the worst thing that could happen. And yeah, like I said, it's a happiness tax where say a couple of years goes by and you don't need to use it. You can put it in. I know a lot of people are doing, you know, like Bitcoin or (laughs) investing in the market, or at least then you have a couple of months, hopefully worth of salary saved up 
And then once you get past that point, you've got a couple of months saved up, then you have some extra money that maybe you use it for a down payment for a house, whatever it ends up being, it's just growth. So it may not be the catastrophe that takes that savings out. It may be something that you're happy about. Yes. We don't know what life is going to throw at us. And I love the way she breaks this book down. I mean, if you get this book, she really breaks it down to, it's not just savings. She talks about stocks and ETFs. She talks about, you know, how to invest. She breaks it down into little easy to read paragraphs where it's not inundating information. You're just like, oh, okay, I need to learn about an investment portfolio. I need to figure this out because a lot of the times, and I know this has happened to many people, you get your job and they're like, okay, now you have to start your 401k and they give you this huge paperwork and you're like, what do I, well, what do I check off? What, what's right. a stock? What's an ETF? What, what do I, am I a, you know, a, a heavy investor? Am I a risk taker? Like they start asking all these questions. You're like, can you just, where do I sign? And so yeah. you really are not paying attention to what you're signing or what you, or even if you leave different jobs, I, I had so many corporate jobs. And after like five years, I would get a random check in the mail that says, oh, we had to close out your 401k. I'm like, I had one. <laughs> right. Because I just signed papers. It. I just signed papers because I was like, I just want a paycheck, you know? And you're um, looking at all these words that say like index fund, mutual fund, small cap, large cap. And it was, it made my head spin when I first got a job because I was so excited. Somebody wanted to pay me mm -hmm. to do anything that I was like, and then they also want to pay like future me. To retire, I don't know. Not, I, it was too much for me. Yeah. So, and then when you're googling things, they go, when you Google like mutual fund, index fund, it's really fancy words on these long Google pages, and every page has a different opinion. It was too overwhelming. So, yeah. like you said, it, the book is broken into 98 chapters over four sections that are career and money, relationships, mind, and life. And within those chapter or within those sections are chapters that are like three or four pages each. So you don't have to dig through Google pages. You don't have to read long blogs. You just get all the information you need quick, fast, and then you make an informed decision on what's right for you. I'm yes. not going to tell you what's right for you. I'm going to tell you what I did. And a lot of the books is like, here's where I failed. Learn from it. But this is what worked for me. Maybe it works for you. Yeah. I mean, I... Seriously, I'm so in love with this book. I want to give it to my 18-year-old stepson <laughs> as he leaves for college. But it, I mean, seriously, there's so many great chapters. Listen to this, ladies. It says, have the courage to fall in love. You know, search for what's below that. Stop keeping score. Choose each other. Survive a breakup. Like, these are all things that I wish I had a, a manual for. It's like the perfect book to give someone who's about to go off to college. You know, mind shit in part three. It's like, put yourself out there. Do things that scare you. Don't be afraid to start over, you know, calm your anxiety. You know, I love these topics because honestly, you know, I just watched a TikTok the other day and it was like this, somebody asked, you know, like, you know, share something that you wish you would have been taught when you were younger and this adult males, you know, duets the video and it's like, how to manage my anxiety, uh, yeah. how to like make friends with adult people, you know? Like, oh, that's a big chapter. Yeah. The calming anxiety chapter. I give you just like half a dozen quick things. It's not a medical opinion of how to calm anxiety. It's what do I do before an important interview or meeting? What do I do at the end of the day when I'm just feeling really overwhelmed? And it's like, I have a grounding trick. 
I have a three, three, five breathing trick. I have just a couple of techniques in there that I'm like, these work for me. Here's half a dozen. See if one of them works for you. And then yes, the making and maintaining friendships as an adult section seems to resonate with a lot of people. Yeah, a lot. We made friends in school, right? With the kids that were next to us. And then we just figured we'd be friends with them forever. And for some reason, it doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. And then you grow up and you're like, well, I don't really want to be friends with only my coworkers because I see them all the time. How do I make friends with the people I don't work with? Because you can't just like show up to the playground and be like, hey, guys, can we be friends? <laughs> Although you kind of can now, like you can go to the gym, you can join a hobby, you can, there's so many ways now, but I find that this time, this point in time, it almost feels harder to make friends than before because social media makes you think you have friends when you don't, like you may never meet these people and you can connect with people like we connected on social media. Yeah. To have a genuine friend that you can call in any moment to have that like support and that community is so important as an adult and it's so hard to find. This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? Then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. You know, it seems like these things are like such easy topics that people, everybody should know, like some of this stuff in like part four, live like nothing stays the same, prioritize your wants, stop talking so much, put down your phone, be more interesting, settle for more than okay. Remember everyone matters. It seems like these are things like you should already know that, but obviously with what happened with the pandemic (laughs) and everyone's just like up and at, you know, everybody's up in like they're, angry and like hurling insults and hating on each other because of race and because you're not a vaxxer or you are a vaxxer or you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. It's like all of a sudden it's like, hello, you are an adult. How could you not treat other people <laughs> with the same right. respect you want to be treated with or stop comparing yourself to others? All these different, I love all your chapters. Seriously, I'm going to really do a deep dive and actually read the entire thing, but I love it. I truly love it. And I'm so happy that we got to have this conversation. But tell me a little bit more of like, as you were starting to write all of these things down, were there any moments where you were like, oh, there's just so much more I want to say, and I need to narrow it down? Or were there any moments where you just had like a complete writer's block? Like, tell us about those (laughs) things. Yeah. So, I mean, there were definitely chapters that got left out. I was over 105, I think at one point, my editor cut a few there. She was just like, this isn't that important. We don't need to put this in, or it's not as strong as the other chapters. But then there were ones that I was like, I wanted this to be more universal for men, women, 20s, 30s, 40s, even like you said, like 18 years old, entering college, like I wanted it to be more flexible. And a couple of the chapters felt too specific to like, I'm 31, too specific to a 31 year old woman who lives in Los Angeles. (laughs) That I was like, okay, that might be too specific. I have to sort of take a step back. But then there were also chapters that I would write, I would be in a certain situation or mood or just the day would hit me a certain way. And I would write a chapter and then I would come back the next day to sort of finish it. And I would be in a totally different mindset and it would have, it would be like writer's block. It would be too hard 
to keep going. And I would have to put that chapter down, walk away and wait until I was back in that rhythm Mm -hmm. to keep going with it. Cause like there's certain chapters like you talk about where recognizing it's just stuff, which is a big chapter on the things in your life that are important to you or more the experiences and the people and less the stuff that you fill your house with because half of the gifts that you give people are going to end up in a donation bin within the decade. I remember writing that chapter one day and then like, I feel like the next day when I went back to it, everybody and everything was just very annoying that day. And I was like, uh, people are so annoying. I don't want to write this chapter. Maybe stuff is good. And I was like, (laughs) maybe I don't like people so much. And I just needed to get out of that mindset and back into like me, you get in a funk sometimes and that's okay. Perfect all of the time. But I, I did have that definitely a few times with some chapters. Yeah, but there are so many great ones. You did such an incredible job. And just to do it like during the pandemic, I said I was going to write my book. And I, every time I sat in front of the computer, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. (laughs) I mean, just keep in mind, the pandemic has happened for a year. And I did, I wrote a book in six weeks, but then there were plenty of other weeks that I did just that. I sat in front of TV. I mean, the expectations we put on ourselves at the beginning of this pandemic of I'm going to learn a language. I'm going to learn to dance. I'm going to get so fit. Like nobody expects anything of you. We were stuck in an impossible situation and we came out the other side of it. That's enough. Absolutely. So what else do you have planned for this book? Like, are you going to do a book tour now that everything's sort of opening up? I'm doing a virtual book tour this summer, June June, July, August. But the problem is, yeah, things are opening up, but this book was never really intended for me to do a grand book tour with anyways. I wanted people to stumble upon it and find it, but also traveling is still so complicated. I feel like even if I did go to various cities, each city has their own regulations and their own vaccination requirements and all of that, that I just, it seems too complicated this year. I would love it if people just stumbled upon it and thought, this is a great graduation present for somebody. This, my friend is going through a breakup and needs help or, you know, I'm about to get married and I need some information on, you know, choosing your partner every day and finding courage and empathy in a relationship. And the mind section is so important for people having anxiety or going through depression or having any sort of catastrophic overthinking mental uh, wellness issues. And those scenarios, when you're deep in that, you don't want to go to a book signing. You don't really want to go to a bookstore. You don't want to be a public. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I would rather find, I'd rather have people find it. You can find me on Instagram and I always respond to DMs. So if you have a question, you read the book and you have a question on a topic, I'll go deeper into it with you. Why not? I, I love talking to people. Yes, that's awesome. So tell my audience, what your nugget of wisdom is. I know you have a lot because there's so many amazing chapters in this book, but what would be your nugget of wisdom for anyone who is listening to this podcast right now? I would say my nugget of wisdom is you're doing your best. You are amazing. There is no expectation of you other than what you put on yourself. The universe is not asking more of you than what you're showing up with. It's perfectly fine not to know everything. It's impossible to know everything. Just keep asking questions and keep growing. That's the best way we become the people we want to be. I love that, Natasha. How can my audience find you? You said you're on Instagram. What's your handle? 
at shit adults never taught us, or you can find me personally at Natsat Travels. And you can also email me shit adults never taught us at gmail.com. I answer all of my emails. Perfect. And your book is on Amazon? It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books, and Google Playbooks. Ooh, perfect. Are you gonna do um, an audible version of it? I'm thinking about it. It's definitely a consideration. It just feels like such an undertaking. And <laughs> I, I, next next year, maybe, or when things calm down a little bit. But yeah, as the world reopens, it's hard to find the time. Oh, sounds amazing, though. Thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, The Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram at Fearless Female Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.